Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's sein Rhythmus, als gäb's sein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hallo und welcome to Gegenpressing, the Bundesliga Podcast. I'm your host, Manuel Fied, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Transfermarkt UK admin, content editor, okay. Stefan Bienkowski. It's getting late. Oh, man, I don't even know your title anymore properly, and I should. Um, but Stefan, how's it going? I know it's been a very long day for you. Uh, we're recording this close to 11 p.m. UK time on a Thursday night. Um, waited, of course, until the after the Europa League reactions, the get matches. Hmm. Um, how's it going? Yeah, very, very well. Uh, yes, I am tired. I've had a very long day. Uh, it is 20 minutes to 11 here, and I've been at my desk since about 9 a.m. with brief interludes to... Uh, on my lunch break, I walked to the, the nearby church because it is election day in the UK, council election. So right. my break, my break, my only break of the day involved doing that, and then after work, I had to go get i've got a wedding on saturday so i have to go get that sorted a suit and a shirt uh, and then back to my desk to obviously watch the europa league stuff and now we're doing this so if i start if you start hearing snoring halfway through this podcast dear <laughs> listener uh you'll know why but that's not because of the football because the football was tremendous it's it's been a tremendous week of football and uh of course um i feel kind of guilty because i think i kind of <laughs> kind of aided to to your tiredness by not being around uh full time this week i'm back now um <laughs> don't worry i'm even on your time zone next week so that will make things much easier for us working together um great content by the way on transfer mark stefan it's been a it's been so much fun seeing uh you get dig into it digging into it and like producing some some new articles and have a different perspective on things that we have done in the past really enjoyed it Well, for the best part of about 10 years now, I've been shamelessly ripping off TransferMarkt's data and using it on different websites to write content. So now I've just been kind of given the keys to the Carrero or whatever. I'm trying to think of a fancy car, the keys to the Jaguar. Uh, and I've just been kind of driving around, having fun with it. So yeah, it's been good fun. Um, obviously, if you guys like what we do, I, a lot of stuff I'm doing right now isn't actually Bundesliga because I'm covering I'm in charge of the UK side of the website. So a lot of it's Premier League, but still stuff that I think football fans, especially in the US, probably are quite interested in a lot of data stuff. So just a little insight into what Manu, myself and the team at TransferMark probably have in store for the, for the, the months and years to come. Yeah, when we're only getting started, there's so much more stuff coming. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about Europa League after this break. This episode of the Gegenpressing Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. 
It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join us. Use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so um, we still have to wait a little longer to find out if a German club not named Bayern will finally win a European trophy for the first time since 1997, Stefan. Um, shall we talk about Leipzig first? Hmm. Let's talk about the bad first before we talk about the good. And um, oh, boy, if I've ever seen a team on the ropes, on the ropes, hmm. tired absolutely tired and they've been sputtering now for a couple weeks Hmm. and today felt like they just ran out of gas you know uh, it felt like Tedesco was taking the Ferrari went full throttle with it for the moment he took over uh, topped the Bundesliga in points but he forgot to put in the gas and the car has sputtered out before the finish line. It's been hard to watch. And today, I mean, congratulations, Glasgow Rangers, uh, or Rangers, sorry, that's my German coming through. We like to put the city name and everything. <laughs> like Juventus um, Turin. Yeah, it's, a, it's an awful, awful thing. Uh, Chris Williams, who is still a friend of this podcast and listens to the podcast, of course, um, always always laugh when i did this and i i almost lost it but it just came back um <laughs> but congrats rangers i think deserved finalist absolutely deserved ibrox was rocking it was impressive um what the fans have done there and they deserve this final and of course the history of the club with what they've been through um as well but leipzig stefan i think when Nkunku scored i thought okay well they got this now but that yeah third Rangers goal oh awful it it was a truly horrendous night for Leipzig um as you said Rangers thoroughly deserving not only of this the win tonight but also the tie itself I actually thought they were very impressive in the first leg uh I thought they did a very good job of keeping Leipzig to just within one goal but I still kind of accepted Leipzig to kind of click out of this malaise and kind of go toe-to-toe with them at Ibrox. And at that point, they'd be able to break them down. And it just feels like, to a man, this Leipzig squad is just devoid of any sort of energy. Um, I thought Danny Olmo was horrendous. I thought Polson was horrendous. Uh, Golaski for that third goal was just daydreaming. Got caught underneath a cross in, what, the 80th minute? Come on. What is going on there? Um, and, you know, even like Henriks and Angelino on both wings, they weren't bombing forward as they usually do. Um, you know, Nkunku looked probably, I'd give him pass marks just because he had nothing to work off. And at times he was coming to the halfway line to kind of collect the ball off Campbell, which is just not what you want. And it was it was just such a weird moment uh this is this whole kind of situation that leipzig are in right now is just so bizarre i was looking back over their fixtures since you know what the start of um well i guess the start of last month 
And since that extremely dominating 4-1 win over Borussia Dortmund, when that really felt like the crescendo of Tedesco's kind of start at Leipzig, that felt like when everything had finally come to a almighty conclusion and and that side had proved to German football just how good they can be. Mm-hmm. They've been terrible since then. I think I'm, I think I'm fair in saying they've only maybe had one good performance since then because after that we had the 1-1 draw with Atalanta, which I thought Atalanta were unfortunate not to win. Okay, they had a 3-0 win over Hoffenheim. Okay, fine, I'll give them that. So they had that's the first good performance. The second good performance was the return leg against Atalanta, which I thought they put in a very professional performance. They won 2-0. Okay, so they had two. Then they have a 1-0 win over Leverkusen, who, if I'm not mistaken, Leverkusen were all over for that game and probably deserved a point. They then and have Kunku the same... scored that goal, right? It was a yeah. Kunku goal. Yeah. After that, they have the Pokal against Union Berlin, which Union go a goal ahead, and Leipzig had to come back from. And then even then, we're beginning to see how sloppy they were getting. Then, of course, we had the Bundesliga game against Union, which they lost to. Then the first leg against Rangers when they looked far from the best. Then we've had the 3-1 defeat to Gladbach at the start of this week. Then, of course, tonight's game against Rangers. So for the best part of a month now, if not more, uh, we're talking about how many games is that? It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. It's maybe only two matches in which They've put in tremendous performances. And I think there's maybe two things at play here. I think you're absolutely spot on about the fatigue in the squad, which, you know, it could be a number of things. And it could just be a simple fact that they're at this point in the season and they're still in three competitions and they're still playing a lot of football. Um, That could play its part. But I think the thing that really stood out to me in this match was how bad Poulsen was up front and how bad Danny Obel were up front. And And I kind of made this point on Twitter that Despite how good Leipzig have been under Tedesco and when they have been at their very best, the one thing that still hasn't clicked for them, I think, under Tedesco is the striker situation. Andre Silva still isn't really clicking with this team. I kind of thought Tedesco would be able to get the best out of him, but it hasn't really worked. Forsberg's kind of, again, a reserved player on the bench. Poulsen's nowhere to be seen except suddenly in this match. Um... And if I'm not mistaken, Tedesco actually brought on Shobislai before he brought on Andre Silva to try and fix things tonight. Um, so I think there's maybe bigger issues at play in terms of uh, squad fatigue, but also maybe a slight tactical crack in the foundations of Leipzig of, of Leipzig's tactics, which is the fact that no matter how well this team plays, it never seemed to get the best out of the striker. Um, and I think that really hurt them tonight because I thought Poulsen was completely useless for the most part, and I didn't even notice Andre Silva coming on. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm trying to get the um, kilometers run um, for this game. I think what's really telling here is the the amount of possession and accurate passes that that Leipzig had over. Uh, over Rangers and and they are dominated both those 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 stats, but the expected goal was two point zero one to one point two one, you know, and they didn't create enough high scoring chances at the end of the day, and I didn't think they had enough power to get into that final third, and um, I think there was one stage where 
I thought, okay, now they have they have it. When then Kungu just before, actually, when we were in a WhatsApp chat, right, and again, we have a game pressing chat with uh, a couple of the other people that come on the show, and uh, just as I typed, I think Leipzig are going to score, going to equalize here. They did. <laughs> That's when Nkunku tapped at home, and uh, there was a few moments after that where I thought, okay, well, they're now going to make it two-two and uh, three-two in aggregate, and that moment never came, and um, you just do wonder. Like if the energy just is lacking and it's hilarious that they're owned and sponsored by a company that does energy drinks, but um, that can is empty, man. Um, <laughs> and I just, this is this, I was, we, we're still going to do the predictions. So I have, I, I was going to originally reserve that for that, but um, I do wonder because the style Leipzig went into the season under Jesse Marsh and he was going to come in and completely change the makeup of this team, right? To a high power of style of brand of football. And it makes me wonder about uh, the preseason and what happened there under him. And then when Tedesco came in, he did bring in a lot more structure, but a lot of the elements that we've seen uh, in preseason and then, of course, in the early start time of the season under Jesse Marsh seem to be kind of resurfacing here, Stefan. And I do think that a lack of energy in this part of the season can be explained of what's being done in the summer. And I wonder if this run of great form that they had, if they didn't just didn't don't have the energy to sustain it to the very end. And for Leipzig, there's two more important games in the Bundesliga um, as they are chasing Freiburg. And then there is that cup final against Freiburg. And I tell you what, at this very moment, I think that Freiburg are going to finish fourth and they're going to win the German Cup because I just don't know if, and I, I have a prediction for a Leipzig game this weekend, but I just can't see Leipzig finding the energy here to do what needs needs to be done. Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is kind of beginning to encroach a little on our predictions, which we'll do at the end of the show, but yeah. where Leipzig look entirely devoid of energy and incentive, Freiburg are just gaining momentum by the week. And they're doing it in such tremendous fashion. It's not as if they're, you know, holding out for one 0 wins, which, and, and and kind of relying on their defensive abilities, which is maybe what Christian strike sides of the past have done at Freiburg. This team are just going out and outscoring teams, uh, and that should probably terrify Leipzig going into this German Cup final because by the time we get there, it could end up being the last chance they have of actually claiming any success this season, and. Oh. As things stands, the odds are stacked against them. It's so funny because you actually kind of preluded to my Freiburg uh, prediction for the match against Union here, but uh, we'll get to that, I promise. Okay, but before we get to that, let's talk about the positive tonight um, for German football. And it is kind of in the stars now, isn't it? And I know Rangers will have a word to say here. And they 
look good for the final Rangers do. Uh, I would not underestimate them one bit. Uh, this is the second German team that, or third German team that they have knocked out. Hmm. Excuse me. Um, in this run, Dortmund, Leverkusen, and now Leipzig. Um, but maybe fourth time is the charm here for the Bundesliga. But you do get the sense that Frankfurt, ever since that dramatic exit against Chelsea in the Europa League, now three years ago, um, this was before COVID, time has kind of merged into one since then, um, that this was a mission that they needed to complete. And fittingly enough, they reached the final against Chelsea's one of Chelsea's biggest rivals by knocking out West Ham. And they do it at the Waldstadion in Frankfurt, which just exploded. And I tell you what, I was just asked on Twitter, what makes the atmosphere in Frankfurt special? Oh boy. The fact that you as a journalist cannot work there because your ears are about to explode is one aspect right there. And I'm not making this up. It hurts it's so loud your ears are about to explode and bleed it's the loudest football stadium i've ever worked in and this wasn't even for a big match you know this stadium is special it's the best football atmosphere that i've personally ever experienced it's better than signali Luna park in dortmund it is better than even my stadium my favorite stadium in germany grünwalder stadion in munich it is better than that it is incredible incredible and when they won in london against west ham and i'm not going to say west ham london here stefan i'm not making that mistake um, (laughs) (laughs) um when they won there i was certain that they would go through because they will not lose a game in that stadium this just does not happen and it feels like they're on a mission and they were so so composed after the red card against, um, ah, I forgot his name. Help me out here, Stefan. West Ham guy who got sent off. Oh, do you know what? I I was just about to talk about how I didn't even watch this game because I couldn't, oh. uh, but it was Cresswell. Cresswell, thank you. Cresswell got sent off. And then, of course, um, they score. And then they coast this to the final. Uh, David Moyes got sent off, Stefan. I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't, I've never seen him angry before in my entire life. Um, but it does feel like, and they have won the predecessor, the UEFA Cup before Frankfurt have in 1988. Um, oh. And it does feel like it's now destiny for them to do it, doesn't it? Yeah, it. Well, I'm not sure you'd agree with that if you're a Rangers fan, but no. And I apologize if you're a Rangers <laughs> fan listening to you. I'm not suggesting that you don't have a chance. In fact, I think you do. I think there's a very good chance Rangers could win this. Yeah, it, do you know what? It's going to be really clear. It's going to be a really interesting match because both teams kind of play a similar style. Rangers very good at the mm-hmm. counter attack, as we saw against Leipzig. And even though I wasn't able to watch this game because, as anyone who did watch these games live will know they were broadcast at the exact same time, um, which is infuriating, but I think it's to do with some sort of broadcasting rights situation. Um, so I picked the Leipzig game just because I thought it'd be more interesting. Um, but what I can say is that last week I did put together a newsletter on the stats behind Frankfurt's run in the Europa League. And 
what I found was actually really quite interesting. To no real surprise to anyone who watches the Bundesliga quite a lot this season, or anyone who's watched Frankfurt in the Europa League this season, their entire game has been built around counter-attacking. And prior to uh, the match against West Ham, you know they were averaging something like 3.36 counter-attacks per game, in the, or 3.26 counter-attacks per game in the German top flight. And in the Europa League, that was 4.4. And what really stood out to me, I might, apologies if I mentioned this in the previous podcast when I was kind of going through the stats, was that in the two ties against Barcelona, Frankfurt averaged 7.5 counterattacks per game. But in the 0-0 draw against Greuther Furt the week before the first leg, they managed only two. And I think that's probably a good little snapshot of the reason why they do so well in the Europa League and why they're so average in the Bundesliga because Oliver Glasner has undoubtedly built this team to counter-attack. But in the Bundesliga, more often than not, they're playing teams who are either similar level to them in the mid-table or teams below them who are fighting relegation. And those teams, more often than not, will happily sit back and just let Frankfurt play in front of them. And that's kind of what nullifies them more or less. And if you kind of look at the teams they've come up against, uh, you know, Betis, Barcelona, West Ham, these are three clubs who probably looked at Frankfurt and thought, we've got better players. We've got the we've got the better odds here. Let's go and take Frankfurt on. And it's obviously played into their hands perfectly well. Um, but I'm not quite sure Rangers are going to do that. I think Rangers will show Frankfurt a lot of respect. Um, I think they'll be quite happy to let Frankfurt have the ball. Uh, and I think they'll probably play the same system that did them so well against Dortmund, Leverkusen, and of course now Leipzig. So I must be honest, I actually think Frankfurt might have a really tough game with it in the, in the final. Not because Rangers are a better team on paper than Barcelona or West Ham, but because their tactics will probably make it a lot harder for Frankfurt to control the game the way they want it. It might be a bit more like a Bundesliga match for them. So... It'll be a really good final to watch, but I think it actually might be a really tight game as well. Mm, I, I I would go along with that. Um, the thing that I would add, though, in this game, and this is probably also due to Cresswell's early red card, um, Frankfurt had 63% possession and <laughs> had played 505 passes over West Ham's 243 passes, and they were okay with it. You know, I think they show quite well that they are totally fine when they have the ball as well. And I think this is maybe a sense of optimism that Frankfurt fans can take away from from this particular match that you can they can also play a different style if they have to. Um, I do 100% agree with you, though, that I think in the Bundesliga, I think there's two factors here. There was a time when Frankfurt were pushing for the top four in the Bundesliga and it, it kind of fell off and then they had this deep run in the Europa League and they were, I, I seriously think everyone in the club was, screw it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just go in for the Europa League. And by the way, I need to correct myself. It was 1980 that they won the UEFA Cup um, before I get murdered here by some Frankfurt listener. <laughs> um, 88 was, of course, Bayer Leverkusen. Um, and believe it or not, yes, Leverkusen have won something in the club history, but um, I, I do, I do really look forward to this final, uh, simply because they, it's going to be intriguing to watch. It's two teams of a huge fan base, um, 
an energetic fan base as well. Sevilla is, I don't think Sevilla knows what, what's going to happen to that poor town, Stefan. I mean. <laughs> well, Celtic fans were there in 2008, so they'll have some idea of the alcohol that they'll need to pre-order, I'll put it that way, because they'll absolutely yeah. drink, they'll drink the place dry. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Sevilla is also known as the frying pan of Spain, if I'm not mistaken, because it's so hot, mm-hmm. uh, which will obviously only make things... Uh, demand even more uh alcohol shall we say to quench their thirst so and that's just the rangers fans never mind the frankfurt fans i I think the the mayor of sevilla might give the mayor of barcelona a call to see how to deal with the frankfurt fans Um... (laughs) (laughs) i think at this rate it'll be better just having the game at the camp now yeah i i mean or you know in belgium or the netherlands (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> halfway uh, i think both 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 fan uh, both fan groups would pre- appreciate it. although you know the uh, spain is full of germans and brits let's be honest here um it's, it's essentially a colony for both countries so i i'm sure lots of lots of um frankfurt fans and and rangers fans will be able to find their way there it's going to be a great final and um I, I think it's one where the outcome is wide open, hmm. uh, as you as you said. And um, I do think so, though, that Frankfurt know that this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for them. You know, yeah. Put the club into a very different position than they're in now. It's Champions League football that's on the line. Yeah. And you kind of talked about it yourself in terms of what the... I think the CEO, the president of the club said recently that the exposure that they get from this competition is just huge, which is often something that's so often overlooked. Uh, but, you know, as you would, as we would, as we would say in the media, like it has a long tail to it in terms of people remember the influence or the impact it had on them for quite some time, you know, for years to come, Frankfurt obviously, you know, get to this final I can assure you that every single Rangers fan will be talking about the time they played Frankfurt for the next 20 or 30 years regardless of who wins the game you know so there's already that um so oh it's a huge game for Frankfurt and for Rangers but uh from a German point of view it's 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 so it's so good to see Frankfurt kind of finally getting somewhere I, I tell you what uh, Borussia Dortmund reached the final of the UEFA Cup in 1994 uh, against Juventus, and uh, they lost that game. But it did lay the foundation for what the club is today. Mm-hmm. And then three years later, obviously, they won the Champions League. I'm not saying Frankfurt are three years away from the Champions League. Please don't quote me on that. But what I am saying is that a deep run in a European competition can completely change the makeup of a football club. It's an, It's extremely important because... Even if they lose, it still puts in the foundation for something great. And actually, a deep run in the Europa League makes you about the same money that you earn from reaching the quarterfinals of the Champions League. It's a lot of money that Frankfurt have earned from this competition. And in a time when a lot of German clubs are struggling financially, right? Mm. And it, it, that means a lot. It, it means you can further invest in your squad. You can further invest in players. And if they win it, they essentially guaranteed that same amount of money again from next year, right? And I think that is something that you cannot underestimate. Frankfurt are 
And I've said this for years, they're a sleeping giant and they're really only one major trophy away from breaking into that mold of the big German teams. Um, they can do it because their stadium is sponsored by the Deutsche Bank. You know, they are in one of the richest metropolitan regions in the world. And they have people now in in a head coach who knows what he's doing, a sporting director who is quite intelligent. And there's people in the on the board who work for some of the biggest financial institutions in the world. There is something potentially that could happen. Not to forget that Frankfurt is also going to be a host city for the 2024 European Championships that are held in Germany. And that stadium is getting an upgrade. This is something that we might look back to in 10 years and say, this is when Frankfurt became a big club in Germany. I think this is what is at stake for them, mm, Stefan. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic point. It's a fantastic point. I think Frankfurt fans will be certainly hoping that's the case. Uh, but we'll just have to kind of see how they do in the final and then what they can take from it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Anyways, let's let's ch- let's do what we usually do today and do predictions. This is a little bit of a special added to our normal prediction podcast. Um, and I think when we get a little bit closer to the final, we'll do a proper preview of that as well. So don't worry. Uh, this is a recap. And a preview is still coming. But let's preview the Bundesliga match day. And it's starting, the match day is starting with an absolute classic, Stefan. Absolute classic on Friday. <laughs> uh, must watch game. Uh, Bochum against Bielefeld. Um, I looked at this fixture and I was thinking, okay, well, I guess I will have it on. I'll watch it. Um and it is intriguing because for Bielefeld, that's probably the last chance to avoid relegation. Uh, Bochum will not care that much, but I do still feel that this is this has a one-one draw written all over it. Uh, interesting. I yeah, I mean, my logic would suggest that Bielefeld would go all out to win this game, um, especially now that Bochum are basically are I know definitely safe from relegation, but mm. I just think Bielefeld is so bad right now. Um, they've been losing at halftime and full time in each of the last six away games in the Bundesliga. Um, and as we saw last week, Bochum still have plenty of quality in that team. So I think it's going to be a very straightforward Bochum when I've gone for 2 0 to Bochum. Mm. I have it as like 1 0 for Bielefeld and then Bochum and for late equalizer and then tears <laughs> um, because I'm a cruel person. <laughs> um, but we'll see. Uh, up next, and this is going to be actually, uh, we kind of were debating of what's the match of the week to watch. And we kind of both agreed that this is it. Uh, Freiburg against Union Berlin. Um, and I've kind of already alluded to it early in the show when you said, well, Freiburg are just outscoring everyone. And I went for a 3-2 Freiburg win here because it seems like every time I do actually focus on an Union Berlin game, that match ends 3-2 or 4-2 or something crazy like that. Big three points if it happens. What What was your prediction here, Stefan? Yeah, you know, I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Uh, I think Union are just as in form as Freiburg right now. They're kind of flying under the radar because Freiburg are taking all the attention, Leipzig are taking all the attention. But Union are right there and they could cause some real trouble before the end of the season. I think it's going to be a really tight match. Luckily, I think both teams are going to score a lot of goals. Um, I've I've gone with uh, a 3-2, oh no, sorry, a 2-1 win to Freiburg. Um, And... 
I think if we're continuing on this trend of kind of picking players to kind of keep an eye on, I'm going to have to go with Vincenzo Grifo because he's got three goals and an assist in his last five games. Uh, so he's kind of characterized the club's kind of free scoring run of form recently. And I think he'll step up again on Saturday. Well, you know, if you if you pick a player to watch um, and it's not Taibo Aboni when Union Berlin are playing, you know, like obviously we have to pick two different ones, so it's <laughs> good that you pick <laughs> <Yeah>. someone else. <laughs> but Taibo Aboni is special. I, I love watching Union Berlin just for him. I think um, he has... Still a tremendous future ahead of him. I think on Liverpool have a buyback, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, possibly. possibly. I, don't, I don't think they're going to be taking it anytime soon, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's he's great to watch. And I, I always have to point out that Union, of course, if they win this they, and results go elsewhere, elsewhere go their way, they could still make the Champions League. Yeah, just exactly. Don't, exactly. Don't think it's going to happen, but it's possible. It's possible. And this is going to be an incredible game to watch. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. You know what? The next game, I think, is actually also going to be quite interesting, and that's Hoffenheim against Bayer Leverkusen. Um, there was a point this season where we thought Hoffenheim are going to make, going to contend for the Champions League. They have dropped off quite a bit since. There's also a point this year when we thought Leverkusen are maybe going to win the Europa League and uh, maybe the Pokal and maybe even challenge, you know, Bayern Munich. But all, that also hasn't happened. Um, but here we are. You know, Leverkusen look pretty secure um, with 58 points. They are now four points clear of Bayer Leverkusen, three points clear of Freiburg. It's not safe, but it's pretty secure. And as a result... Because knowing that Leverkusen could secure a top four finish, I picked a one-one because I know that they want to leave it open till the last day of the season when I am in Leverkusen. <laughs> um, I've I've gone for a Leverkusen win for this one. Uh, I just think Hoffenheim are absolutely. Uh, their season has just finished like a month too early. That's just kind of what it comes down to. They've their the defensive record has just taken a a complete thumping recently. I think they've conceded something like. 12 goals in the last five games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they just don't look good enough. And I think Leverkusen actually have really kind of rebounded quite well in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, they've got Patrick Schick back. He looked back to his best at, uh, in the last match. Um, and yeah, I think they just have more than enough firepower to beat Hoffenheim. So I go for 3 2 to Leverkusen in this one. 3 2. Oh, okay. Um, that would ruin my final day of the week of the season, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, I guess Freiburg still have something to play for, so that would still make that interesting. Um, yeah, very. I'm really curious how 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 that final match day works out. Um, up next, and I think this is another very interesting game is Köln against Wolfsburg, and. Wolfsburg have not looked great, and they really there's not much to play for. Kuse um, made some comments towards Margaret, and you know Margaret is of course the Meister trainer for Wolfsburg, so he got um, he got told back, told to apologize. Um, but on the match, I actually think Köln are going to win this, Stefan, yeah. and they're going to keep the top of the table interesting. They're going to win this three one, and they're going to stay right up there with the likes of Leipzig, Freiburg. 
and Union, I guess Union would drop out if we get our prediction right. But I think Köln are going to push for this. Yeah, I've got the same exact same feeling about this one. I've gone for 2-0 to Cologne for this one just because they've been in tremendous form. I think over the last six matches, only Bayern have picked up more points than them. Uh, Add to the fact that Wolfsburg have failed to win 10 of the last 11 away games. And, you know, it's quite interesting. Journalists were trying to get a kind of rise out of Stefan Baumgart talking about, you know, he's on the cusp of Champions League football or Europa League football. And he kind of typically understated was just saying that he's just counting on the fact that his team wants to win the next game and that's a difficult enough task for him. So he's playing the old, you know, we're taking it one game at a time card, but uh, very exciting times for Cologne right now. And I think this should be a comfortable three points for them. That Champions League race is so intriguing. Um you know, we could be going into the final match day with like three or four teams still looking for fourth place. That's amazing. Um, we love that. Everyone always focuses on the fact that Bundesliga has no title race, but that's an incredible story. I think it deserves far more attention mm-hmm. than it's getting. And maybe we'll get it before match day 34. But I think it, that's just something that, we, you know, we cannot underline enough how important that's going to be. Uh, the next game, and I think we can wrap this one up really quickly. Fürth against Dortmund. I have this as um, I just put in a big win for Dortmund, four-one. Um, Stefan, um, I think Fürth are done, and Dortmund. You know they have been kind of hot and cold. They're in, insecure in the Champions League, pretty much. Yeah, they are. And um, but you know Haaland will probably score a few um, just to you know show off to whoever is going to sign him next. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's my prediction. 4-1 for Dortmund. Oh, wow, really? You know, I've actually got the opposite. I think they'll still win oh. the game, but I think it's going to be a really drab 1-0 win for Dortmund. Um, I, I still think Haaland will probably be the one to score the goal, but, you know, just watching them play last week, it just feels like this team has run its course. Half the squad know they're leaving in the summer. Axel Witzel yeah. basically said the same. Yeah, he he un, unadvertedly kind of admitted how everyone's feeling at the time after the after the game last week when he said, you know, he's looking forward to the last game of the season. And then he was like, oh, just because I can say goodbye to the fans, but you can realize that this squad has just been waiting for the season to finish for about two months now. Um, Julian Brandt isn't up to it at all right now. Marco Royce is kind of iffy. Haaland is still scoring goals, but he's obviously got his mind elsewhere and they've got about 30 players out injured. So I just don't think Dortmund are doing anything right at the moment. So I think they'll still win because it's Furt. Um, yeah. Although actually, can I just make a very minor funny comment here actually, which uh, listeners might appreciate. So as listeners may notice, I live in Glasgow uh, and I think I mentioned this in the podcast or in Christmas time, but my mm. brother, who's a big Celtic fan, I bought him a Grotefurt training top, uh, like the like the the waterproof jacket for Christmas, yeah. and uh, he wore it today to work where he works in the centre of Glasgow, and he got stopped by some Leipzig fans who just went up to him and started speaking German to him because they saw the they saw the Grotefurt logo, and uh, my brother doesn't speak any German, so he was very confused and then realised why they were talking to him because he was wearing that top. So you know. The Bundesliga finds you everywhere. This is true. 
It does. Um, <laughs> and I said, I, I said to him, they were pro- he was pro- they were probably commiserating you for your team getting relegated. Yeah, they were just feeling bad for you. Um, let's go on. And oh man, Stefan, we had Kerry Howe on a few weeks ago, or months at this stage, and we were just absolutely blasting her to Berlin for appointing Felix Margot. <laughs> And uh, I have this as a 3-0 win over Mainz. And I just realized that would mean they're safe. And if that happens, I will apologize publicly on the show um, for what I said about Felix Margaret. And the worst thing is, even if Berlin do lose this game, they're probably still safe. Hmm. Boy, did we get that wrong? Or is Freddy Bobic maybe smarter than I? Did he outsmart all of us? Where the players just so scared of losing, um, being wrapped up in quark, right? In, in fresh cheese. Um, the story of Fulham, of course, hunting yeah. him forever. Um, so, has, anyone, I, has anyone spotted the Hertha squad out running through the forests of Berlin without their water yeah. bottles? Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. You know, I think obviously Magat has just proved to be the right guy at the right time. Uh, they've done enough and as we say every week or as, as I say every week always bet against Mainz on the road and that's exactly what I'm doing here so I've gone for a 1-0 win for Hertha I went for 3-0 um, either way we're going to be I hope Felix Margaret doesn't listen to this podcast I'm like you know if I was a Hertha player I'd be scared um, and that's probably how he got them to safety. He scared the freaking heck out of them and got them to do the job. Uh, well done, Freddy Bobic. Well done, Felix Magat. Um, they are essentially one match day away from safety. Um, obviously, they could still slip to 16th, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. Let's see. Um, Sandro Schwarz, by the way, supposed to be the next head coach at Hertha. Mm. that's the word on the street which just goes to show it just goes to show how much Hertha have turned a corner now that they're already beginning to speculate over who's going to take charge next season yeah yeah I mean it's it's interesting that that is a big appointment for them I think when it happens it's it's going to be interesting to talk about it but that, that next appointment is very important for them because I don't think they can make another mistake mm. no without a doubt so the party beasts, Frankfurt uh, against Gladbach. That's an easy pick, man. Gladbach are going to win 2 0. I have the exact same result 2 0. Gladbach. <laughs> Glad- Gladbach have become the party poopers of the Bundesliga. They're just going team by team by team. First it was Freiburg, then it was Leipzig, now it's Frank- uh, Frankfurt. They're just they're just pulling apart teams who are having fun at the moment and saying, nope, thank you very much. We're going to take the points off you this weekend. Yeah. Um, and I also don't think Frankfurt will care. They have one yeah. game left, and that's it. Exactly. That's it. That's it. Everything else is really just a prep for, for that final against the Glasgow Rangers or Rangers. God, it's now programmed <laughs> in my head. Uh, against Rangers in Sevilla. Um, speaking of party, Bayern against Stuttgart. Um, I have to give myself here a little pat on the back. I did say Bayern will lose the game last week. It did. And then they went to Ibiza. 
Yeah. So I'm going to lean out of the window here and I'm going to say Stuttgart take this 3-1. Simply because like there's so much going on at Bayern right now. Like, you could probably just spend the entire next podcast talking about all the stuff that Nagelsmann and Hassan and Oli <laughs> are accusing each other of. And then the fact that Gnabry still hasn't signed a new contract and that they all went to Ibiza, except for some players who didn't. And um, yeah, a, a party that was supposed to uh, increase morale has done the absolute opposite. <laughs> and it's tremendous. Yeah. It's a great story. You know, I, <laughs> I said on last week's prediction podcast that I thought Bayern would still win that game because they want to finish the season strongly and start the summer on a good footing. And they lost. And then they went to Ibiza, as you said. And then in the papers today, there have been reports that Nagelsmann is furious because he wants the team to go out and win against Stuttgart so they can finish the season properly and start the summer on a good footing. So basically, Nagelsmann has came to the same conclusion as me, but he's done it a week later than me. Um, I think Bayern will still win this game, to be honest with you. I think after last week's defeat, they're not going to lose another game. They've also had Felix Magat on their backs this week saying that he he expects Bayern to do the professional thing and put on a good performance against Stuttgart, uh, which, of course, wouldn't help him, his personal situation whatsoever. Um, yeah. Wink, wink. Uh, but I still think they'll win this game. Stuttgart have not looked good recently. Um, they're in real trouble. Um, so I've gone for 2-1 for Bayern. Hmm. Oh, we'll see. Um, all right. So, speaking of meltdowns, I had a prediction here uh, for this last game, Leipzig against Augsburg. And I was, okay, with what happened today, there has to be a reaction at some point for Leipzig. And I went full-on smashing win for Leipzig against Augsburg. And then I had to think. And I was like, Manu, be rational here. Leipzig (laughs) are done. The fuel is out. The Ferrari is left before the finish line. The cans are empty. There is no more Red Bull to rescue you. I think Augsburg are going to win 2-1. I went full on flip over on my prediction and went for an Augsburg win, which of course would mean that they have save once again. How does this club keep staying in the Bundesliga? That's not <laughs> supposed to happen. Well, I've been a big fan of Augsburg for a couple of months now, as I've been saying on this podcast. Uh, I think they put a decent... Uh, team decent tactics they know what to do and I completely agree with you I think Augsburg will go and get a win against Leipzig Um, you know if you'd asked me five or six weeks ago I would have said Leipzig had the squad they they would have had the depth they would have had the desire to turn things around but this team you know as you said they are running on empty Um, my favourite metaphor are (laughs) example to use when teams start to behave like this is like in Space Jam when the aliens steal all the basketball players' ability and they're just kind of wandering around the field and don't know what to do. That's kind of what Leipzig looked like against Rangers. They're just passing the ball out of the pitch half the time. Um, So unless Leipzig can get their mojo back, I think this is going to be an Augsburg win. They're going from 1-0 to the, the little Bavarians. Yeah, and Swabians, Stefan, come on. <laughs> I don't call you English. Some, oh, some, some, would, some would say the best part of Bavaria 
<sighs> this is a stretch. Anyways, um, <laughs> the true. Hold uh, on, man. I was born and raised in downtown Munich. You can't tell me that's the best part of Bavaria. It's the heart of Bavaria. Me. I think. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> all right. Um, anyways. It's it's it, it it's going to be uh, there's some, going to be some implications with this game I think um, if that result sticks because you know the way we have it right now is if Köln win that was our prediction um, they would leapfrog Leipzig at the moment which would mean that Leipzig would have is this correct yeah uh, seventh is the Conference League right mm. um, Leipzig would have to kind of worry about even reaching the Europa League at this stage. Oh yeah, it's disaster. It's this is proper disaster stage. But you do you do actually wonder like that maybe playing a season in Europa League could do them well if they approach it the same way that they did this year. Yeah, Might not po- be the worst thing in the world. No, possibly not. But I think a club like Leipzig probably needs the money from the Champions League and the prestige yeah. of the Champions League to keep that squad together. But gosh, that's that's a discussion for a different podcast. I think. Big meeting today, where this week with uh, Pini Sahavi and Kunku's agent about a new contract. I think mm. um, I personally think Nkunku is going to stay. That's the sort of the things that's been communicated and being said. Um, there's of course stories in El Kip that he could leave, but I think this is about money. Um, but not being in the top four would make it very hard to, for them to keep him. I think. Um, but yes, like I think the implications of this entire match day will make a fantastic show next week, Stefan. And I can't wait for it. So we'll be back. This was, of course, a special and a preview pod all put in together. I hope you enjoyed it. The show was brought to you by Bet Online, And we'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, auf Wiedersehen. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.